Hi, and you're very welcome to episode seven of the Leitrim JA podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie. My name is Brefni Early, and I'm joined once again by former Leitrim star Derek Kelleher. Derek, you're very welcome back to the show. Thanks, Brefni. Great to be back again after the little bit of a break for the two or three weeks. How is all in Gortletra at the moment? Buoyed by the return of club football this weekend? Yeah, delighted. Look, we got out to uh, to the pitch yesterday uh, from 90-year-olds down to one-year-olds. It was, it was great to see getting the crowds back again and seeing people and to get back watching football, criticising it, clapping, crying, all the emotions that have been built up for about a year and a half. So, look, at it, it was great. And I suppose in Gortletra, we're, we're looking at trying to get games under our belt before we, we start looking at a, an intermediate 2020 Intermediate Final against Anadolf again. Well, we're going to talk about that later in the show. But first, we have some great news for the world of Gaelic games here in the county. Uh, this weekend, fantastic results for everybody involved with ladies football in Glencar Manor Hamilton. It's been a while coming, but they managed to lift a Connacht title at intermediate level in the club championships in Markovitz Park on Saturday. Fantastic results. We're going to catch up with Maeve Quinn, who was at the game uh, on Saturday uh, for Ocean FM. And here's what we had a chat about earlier in the day. Now, of course, all eyes yesterday in the ladies football world were in Markovitz Park in Sligo. Three kind of finals, but the one that really piqued our interest was the intermediate final between Glencar Manor Hamilton of this parish, of this county, uh, county champions last year. And they faced Giva of Sligo, one of three Sligo teams in finals yesterday. But thankfully, from a Leitrim point of view, it wasn't to be Sligo's day. Manhampton won the game, 3.15 to 1.12, the final score. Fantastic game. Maeve Quinn joins us now. She was at the game covering it for Ocean FM. Maeve, um, it's it's a rare enough event, a Leitrim team winning a Connacht Championship at any grade. It must have been nice to be there to watch a great game of football between two good sides, but a Leitrim team emerging with the, the trophy at the end of the day. It was wonderful to be there, Brefney, and wonderful to see the actual kind of finals happening from 2020. And I mean, we were we were given a, a wonderful game of football. It was end hand stuff. And although Glencar Manor were always on top and always really the superior side, Giva never gave up. And you were always just, you know, and Glencar Manor were able to stop them from coming back into the game. And it was absolutely excellent display of football by Glencar Manor, by both teams, but in particular by Glencar Manor. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about the forward line in Manor Hamilton. Three or four uh, international athletes and other codes all coming together and, and just a potent attack. But they really, really defended well yesterday as well. I think that was probably the base that they built from going forward. Uh, who impressed you, I suppose, to, to the game yesterday from the from Manor well, point of view? I suppose you have the usual players. I mean, you know, that I mean, you're saying... They defended, you saw Dervla Rooney somewhere in Devaney, you saw, Aoife, well, Aoife Gilmartin did a huge amount of work, as did Melissa Hewitt, their two midfielders. But you saw the half forward line or even the full forward line back there, Emma McLean, back there and bringing the ball out of their defence when they needed to. In particular, in the first half where they had scored and then Giva came back and got a score and Wern just literally, I don't know if you remember, took the ball from her own 21-yard line right up and got a free on basically on their 30, yard, 30 yards from their from their goals, you know. And it was at a moment in time where it looked like Giva were going to get back into the game. Now, it was early on in the game. But equally, you had a hugely unselfish play 
by a lot of players. I was actually watching Lake Regale there earlier, Colin Cooper on it and said the Gooch and they were saying he was deeply unselfish player and but there was a ruthlessness and a killer instinct was how the person described it. And I have to say, if you were to sum up Glencar Manor and, and their players and their forward line in particular, I, I was like, that just that is that just describes how they play. Like deeply unselfish players seeing each other. Again, they see the players, but their players are running off each other. You know what I mean? The players are making the right runs, but when they do run, they're getting the pass. And again, but there's a ruthlessness. I mean, they're 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 devastating in attack, it has to be said. Yeah, Maeve, just coming come into that, how many, we'll say, players for Manor Hamilton, was it up the middle, the, the diamond we call that that powered on, or were there two or three real leaders in the camp that stood up? Because to put up a scoreline like that uh, in a kind of final from a game that was supposed to be played last year, like it's fantastic to see them coming in. They've done their homework, they've done their training, they've come in at the way that they would have come into a final last year. But in regards to that, that diamond, or was there was there various players in the field that really led by example on the day? Well, I tell you, from Cammy McPartland, who was in goals, who who pulled off two fan, fabulous saves, you know, and really has given them a presence on the goal line that they didn't have heretofore. You know what I mean? She used to play outfield and has played has won much in Sligo, in fact, here previously. But she really led from there. I mean. Looking at the full back line, Mary Alice Maguire in the second half, when, when Stephanie O'Reilly moved back down into the full four, she moved, they switched Stephanie O'Reilly from centre half back to centre half forward. And Mary Alice Maguire gave her nothing, took the ball off her boot twice, two times in a, in a row, and gave her absolutely nothing, which meaning it didn't work out then for. And then you move on, Aoife Gilmartin, Melissa Hewitt, two players that really are quintessential midfielders because they never stop working. You know what I mean? And beautiful balls. And and they they really do stroke that ball up the sideline. You know what I mean? And but again, as I said already, you have you have a devastating forward line there where you have Leah Fox, Aideen Glancy, who carried the ball on a number of occasions to an extremely able footballer. Mern Devaney, of course, <laughs> needs no introduction to anybody. I mean Dervla Rooney the amount of work that Dervla Rooney does in that she's capable of, she swipes in and, and, and wins a ball and then takes off with it. And again, they're always looking for each other. And Albert Lancy had an excellent, Leah Fox and Albert Lancy in particular, I suppose, how they combined yesterday, um, you know, just in terms of giving the ball to each other, giving each other beautiful balls, but also making the space, being available, all of that. And some fine points taken by Alva and Leah uh, we were talking earlier, briefly. she got player of the match, well-deserved from her own personal game that she played, but also how she combined with others. Of course, Leah came off injured just a matter of weeks ago against Loud, as it happens, in the, the National League. So almost great to see her back in yeah. that level of, of competition. Yeah. To pull off a performance like that is huge. So it's given how bad that injury looked when it happened, what, mm. three, four weeks ago? So yeah. uh, great to see that happen and as well. <laughs> I'm quite sure, really, probably Leah's not 100% yet, but knowing Leah, unless her leg was broken, she'd be out there playing, you know what I mean? And and uh, many of the time we've had to fight with her, try and get her off the pitch unsuccessfully, as we said, which she shouldn't be playing. But, you know, she just has that fight. And that's what you want when you want to win something. Now, you mentioned uh, about the, or I think Derek actually mentioned about the, the delay from the semi-final, which was played in Drumshambo last year. I don't know if you were at it, but they must have played about 15 right. minutes injury time. It was the craziest yeah. game I've ever been at in my life. Uh, Alva Clancy finished that game literally with her leg hanging off. 
Um, when, right. There's no way in hell she was going to be fit for a final two weeks later had it been played. Uh, yeah. The fact that she was available, that Leah was available, and that yeah. everybody showed up fit to the, the game yesterday for Manor, how important was that to them? Very important. No manner we're missing Hannah Johnson, who'd usually be their centre half back, and but she's doing her leaving cert. And they are also missing Karen Connolly, who got injured uh, since then, you know. But and they would be two big losses, if you like, for their team. Now Emily Conlon joined their forward line and did super work in terms of pulling up and, and winning her own ball and combining well as well. She she filled in for in 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 terms of in the half forward line, and Emma McLaughlin moved back, but. Uh, I also give her were, were badly hit just last week, in fact, by their midfielder, Nia Ryan, um, actually, who got injured at training. So Manor had some losses and so had Glencare Manor, do you know what I mean? And so had Giva. So I suppose I think they kind of balanced each other out for that matter. But I mean, there's no way Alva would have been available if they had to play it after uh, after the semi final the last time. So that was certainly an advantage to Glencare Manor. Yeah, I think uh, for me, she's the heartbeat of that team and in an attacking sense. The young ones get a lot of the credit uh, in terms of coverage, but I think Alva, just the experience and uh, one of the best passes of a ball, just to pick a pass out I've seen in the game in, in the county in a long, long time. Um, of course, attention now turns because there's no All-Ireland Championship uh, for the Connacht champions to go on to, which is a bit unfortunate from Glencar Manor's point of view because they would have been fancied, uh, yeah. at least in this part of the world anyway. Um they're now senior next year. How yes. are they going to survive? Or whoever comes out of Leitrim, should I say, will yes. be senior next year. So whether that's matter themselves or whether St. Joseph's come back and take the crown or, or any of the other contenders, Ballinamore, Sean Hessens have been there thereabouts for the last two years as well. Um, is that a big ask for a Leitrim team to come out at senior level and, and compete? Yeah, I mean, it is unfortunate. And I actually mentioned it to somebody yesterday. It's an awful pity. that That's the only pity, if you like, of that in that you would have had to fancy the firepower that Glencar Manor have that because if you if you win the Connacht title you immediately go up into the next grade so the the year the county that that the club in that county wins the Connacht final that's the year you have to win the All Ireland or you don't have a chance because you're up in senior and then when you go up to senior in fairness it is a different now we'll see how they get on but if you take a look at how St Nathie's got on yesterday against Killeer and Clumburn they were annihilated, you know, they, they what they got three points or something in the whole game. Um, Sinathis would put it up to a Leitrim, the Leitrim senior champions, you know what I mean? And Sinathis, I mean, you're looking at Sinathis or, or, or Carnacon and you have your work cut out for you as as we have known in the past and we came out of Leitrim, do you know what I mean? We've known in the past and that and any Leitrim team. Now, if any team would have been able to do it, you're looking at Lincoln Manor do have a, a devastating forward line and, and that which other Leitrim teams have lacked in the past. So, you know what I mean? And it was very much yesterday's game was very much dependent on how the forward lines did against the relative back lines. The back lines themselves struggled with the forward lines, both both sides, I think, actually. But it's a, But you can't... They, it will certainly anybody who comes out of the senior championship next year in Leitrim and goes to meet Karen O'Connor, Killeer and Conburn, let's be honest about it, will have the work cut out for them. There's no point in saying anything else. Yeah, I mean, just one thing uh, in regards to, to Glencar Manor. Is it uh, the start? I know with the with the age profile, they seem to be quite a young team. 
like going forward, we probably in, in Leitrim, we, we've struggled at, at every um, men's, ladies coming out into any kind of champ, club championship. Like the only way to learn is to play against the best. And you've mentioned two teams there, like Karnakon. And like uh, you talked about devastating score uh, score takers at Manor Hamilton. Like they, they're a cut above. They're as close to a, an mm. inter-county team in a parish that you mm. will get. Mm. But the only way to learn is to play against the best because yeah. you, you, oh, you learn. So look, at, as far as Manor Hamilton, is it the start of an interesting road ahead for all in Leitrim over the next five to six years? <laughs> Well, I mean, one would hope that that's where we want to go. I mean, ultimately, if your your club is able, like has won the intermediate and has gone up senior, you're, you're club champions, you're club senior champions. And then I would be very hopeful when you're looking at the county team, that if the county team, well, if not this year, next year, win the intermediate All-Ireland, I'd be strongly hopeful that's going to happen. Well, then you really do want your clubs to be up and competing with the senior teams if you're going to be able to, you know, give it a go at senior level, which is what you're looking at providing. And, and now I know we're presuming the, the county team, but but one would be very hopeful that, as you say, if not this year, that they will actually win uh, the intermediate next year and then be up senior. So you want your clubs to be competing at that level then, at club level, you know. Speaking of clubs raising their game, I think today or this weekend saw the, the start of the, the Spring League in ladies football, uh, full round of fixtures for all, all teams. Um, but the next generation, so no county players playing, so give a really good opportunity for, for youngsters who maybe wouldn't make a team in ordinary circumstances to get a really good run today. There was one fresh-faced girl in, in goals for St. Bridget's today. She may, may pull off a few good saves. Uh, do you know anything about her? She goes by the name of Maeve Quinn. Yeah, well, fresh-faced, I don't know. I don't think I want to talk about that very much. <laughs> um, no, but it's a great opportunity. I mean, it's a great opportunity for non-county players to get out, and it does. We we in St. Bridget's have a very, have a very, very young team at the moment. You know what I mean? With the exceptions of the notable few. And, uh, and we, you know, and it, I mean, it, it was a great opportunity. The, it's, it's pressureless, if you like. Now St. Joseph's did a did a job on us, so un, un, unsurprisingly, you know what I mean? And they have some wonderful young players as well. And it was great to see young players out and playing. And it is a great opportunity for club players to get out and be able to enjoy playing. Absolutely. I suppose the next attention really for the ladies game in the county is next Sunday in close uh, where Leitrim face uh, the challenge of Loud for the second time this season. It's a Division 4 final. Uh, you might remember Division 4 final, is it maybe 20 odd years ago, Maeve? Might have interfered with your honeymoon? Does oh, that yeah. ring a bell? We did. We won the All-Ireland, yes, 21 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> we won the Junior All-Ireland that year, is right. You cut your honeymoon yeah. short to play the league we, final. We beat Galway, actually. We beat Galway in that All-Ireland final. That same Galway team, then a year later, they we beat them in the National League final, all right, and they went on to win the championship that year and went up from junior to senior and went on from strength to strength then. But it was actually, uh, we beat Galway in the, that's right, 21 years ago. You don't even remember your own life story. In fact, you were not named on the team Everyone thought you were away. You were hidden and secreted into the stadium until didn't do the warm up. Didn't do the warm up. I came out with the team, and you could just you could almost feel the Galway mood just drop in the stadium because they were like, "Oh, we get to play Leitrim without Maeve Quinn. We got this in the bag." And to be fair, uh, there was one point in it. I think in the end, uh, despite Claire Mannion's best yeah. efforts for Galway at the time, yeah. if memory serves, I think she scored everything for them that day. 
Uh, but it was a really good performance by Leitrim. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. here's hoping we'll be talking to Laura O'Dowd later on in the show, but here's hoping that uh, Leitrim can go the same distance this year and win that uh, Division 4 title. Maeve, thanks a million for joining us as always. And uh, thanks very much, you later Lovely, thank you. Fantastic result for Glencairn Manor there. Um, a great group of girls, but a great club. And I suppose that's been built now on a run of nine consecutive under 12 titles. And that might sound a bit ridiculous of winning those under 12 titles over a decade, but that's essentially the pool of players that you're looking at, the Murray Devanis, the Leo Foxes, the Derby Laroonies, all won an under 12 championship coming through and were encouraged through that club. And it's really about going back to basics with the youngsters. And if you put the time and investment and, and resources into them as, as kids, you do see the benefit at the end there. Yeah, look, I suppose with the when you see the scoring power that Manor Hamilton had in the final, it, it like that doesn't happen overnight. That's something that's that's trained from an early age. Um, getting your skills training in, we can all be as fit as fiddles and run around the field. But you need to know where to be at what time and decision making. Manor Hamilton seemed to be working on that. Even we say with the with the the lad squads, the, uh, the women's squads. The, the effort and they seem to have something have clicked with something years ago that the effort that they have in now look at the they have they have other sports up there which adds on the off season to keeping players fit and um and and it, it kind of pays off when you see when you see some of our our um would say the, the girls even some of the fellas that have gone on in other sports to to represent Leitrim um and represent Connacht represent Ireland it's um it shows that when you get in and you get your from from the early ages of agility balance and coordination or your running jump and throwing that it leads into it can open up doors for you so this is they're reaping the rewards of it now but look at when when you get to that stage and you you're good enough to go out a year after and keep keep prepared or six months maybe after uh final was supposed to be played that the focus that that they kept they kept as a team uh friendships backing people up, working extremely hard and they got the results. So if it's if you're gonna work extremely hard and a lot as, as I say, practice perfect makes perfect practice makes perfect. Uh, not just practicing all the time. So the coaching that's going on up there and the understanding of how to play football and how to be a, a unit and as a team, it 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 could it could serve them well for the next seven or eight years. Who knows? One other team and senior champions in the county last year as well who could do the exact same based on the, their start to the league uh, on Saturday evening is Mohull. They ran up a serious score against, dare I mention it, year intermediate championship uh, opponents in Anaduff. 6-17 to 1-13 in the final score in that game up in Anaduff on Saturday evening. That's some performance from Mohull so early in the season. Uh, Anaduff... We talk about the chances in the intermediate final maybe the next time you're on the show in, in two or three weeks time uh, but it's a great start in, in division one of the league for Mohull. yeah look a mohal of massive numbers coming out um I, I, I suppose probably all clubs have there's uh there's players that haven't played in years that are coming back out because it's exercise it's meeting people it's what the community what the community was supposed to be and we we're all too busy you know, with everything else got to do with work, running and racing. So now we're kind of a little we're thinking local. We want to we want to get out the camaraderie of being out of training. So like Mull have massive resources there in regards to players. 
uh, they could put out five teams and field every every weekend. So look at there, there's players fighting for places on Mohol. They're looking at at a, a senior championship. So if you take four or five or six or seven, whatever it is, out of between the other twenties and the senior, the intercounty footballers, there's there's lads out there that are looking to get their place. This is the time to do it. And Anna Duff just happened to be, happen to get them in the first game. And it's very hard when, when you get a run and things go against you, it's very hard to pull it back, especially when there's a little bit of rustiness. Because I would have been at the I was at the Gartletra game at the weekend against Fena. And uh Fena played excellent the first half. It took Gartletra the whole first half to settle down and get into a rhythm and uh do what they've been training to do. So there, there is a bit of rustiness. Uh Mohol will be ruthless even with their second their second string players that are fighting to get on their first team. They have that ruthless edge to them. And uh, when you have fighting for places, it's, um, you know, it, it, I suppose the enthusiasm on the field to show that you, you want to lay stake to a claim for a senior championship. Whereas, I suppose, with Anna Duff, where there's an intermediate final first, you don't know whether you're playing senior championship or intermediate championship. But I'm sure Anna Duff, no more than Gort Letra, have that in the back of their mind that you have to presume you're going to be playing senior championship this year. Hence, or why would you bother playing the senior or the intermediate final of last year? Yeah, look at we. It's easy. It's easy sitting down and thinking about it that way. But I suppose is it a month or five weeks back out on on a field training? Uh, some people got to do be it work, be it college, be it been away. Not everybody has got the same level of training. Whereas if you had it collectively. Um, Joe Cox is coming in as the uh, is in as their as their new manager. There, there'll be a change from the way that it was last year that got them to an intermediate final, because it, that's only natural. With we'll say the likes of Ray Cox, he's six months older. On top of, you know, pinholes like me, <laughs> do you know? So it you have you have to be careful um, that you you want the best. Like you want Ray playing in an intermediate final um, in four to five weeks' time at his best, not with injuries. And it's it's awkward at this time of the year. You want to give players games. You're trying out out players that haven't been, maybe there might have been one or two challenge games, but you don't know where people's heads are at because I suppose quite a few people, some may be out of work, some may change jobs. So our lives have changed and it's just how you would adapt to that. And of course, look at Mohol in the first game, I said it, is just, it's a hard start. Absolutely. You did touch on your own game. I say your own game, Cortletra's own game, obviously your own club there. Uh, Fina in town over there in Cornegiha. 217 to 113, the final score. So a nice performance from yourself. Seven points to spare in the end. Uh, comfortable way to start the season? League Division 2 of the of the new look Premier League, the Maysonite Premier League. Yeah, I suppose you're you're starting. We Cortletra may be missing uh, maybe three to four. Fena could be missing nine from uh like their, their I would have said it about the Glencar Manor ladies and their fantastic win and the work that was put in at underage. Fena started 15 years ago, if not more, um, with their senior players and the, the players that would have played inter-county football really actively deciding we're going to go out here and coach because it was looking like um the whole lot could collapse, that the numbers weren't there. To, to have underage teams. Now, look at Fianna and Gartletra, the, the one minor championships together. So there was, there was a rivalry there and you could see it with some players. Uh, the, the little the little after after thought of the game 
in a corner forward or wing back that the new the new how each other played but there was such a rivalry there I think um, Gardetra steadied down at half time it worked well for them to drag back I don't know it was a five points to, to one point um, and not looking like scoring having a lot of wasted free chances but when things settled down they seemed to be more of a unit and Fena seemed to when they, when they didn't have the ball they were extremely strong on the ball and dangerous but when they didn't have the ball they were under a slight bit of pressure. And, of course, that comes with maybe not having massive numbers and you're missing the backbone of your team. Yeah, of course. And I suppose, but but the flip side of that, it does it allows lads maybe who wouldn't necessarily see that much game time. And I know we talked about it with Maeve in the women's side of the thing. It's the exact same for the guys. You get maybe the, the, the lads who are the other six who would normally be playing have to step up and become leaders and a whole lot of young lads get the opportunity to show what they can do in a semi-important game. I know there's no relegation in the league this year, but it's still a senior league game. Um, it's still got, so, got something to play for in, in terms of, of that performance in front of the first team management. Yeah, the first team management, they, they need to see, but it is, it's it's hard um, for any, any of the younger crew that are coming in in the first game of the league. There, there hasn't been a whole pile of football over the last 15 months. Do you know compared to what we were used of, you could you could have twenty five games under your belt. Now, if you get six games under your belt, it's um, you make a mistake. There's no coming back. The younger lads coming in, um, it's fine. But still, at the end of the day, you're playing against some strong, uh, strong players on the other teams. And Gortletra probably would have had it a little bit stronger because we wouldn't have as many involved at county level. So that probably showed the 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 fan enthusiasm. In the first half and it going well, the the I suppose some of the old heads in Gotletra, the the they knew how to steady the ship, calm it down, wait, and then get the ball into the likes of Pori Gallagher, who, you know, he showed that he, he's a quality footballer. They got it very hard to handle him, do you know? So he was he was prepared. Gotletra seemed to be prepared as well. But it it'll tell the tale in our next league game and with Fane as well. Like you're when you're you're aiming at a championship. So these are these are important games for you going into your your championship game. So if you don't take them serious, if there's any whether there's relegation or not, this is how you form the way that you play. You learn from your mistakes and you start to get into a rhythm. So they're extremely important and they're important for the supporters because we we need to get out as well. That's where where all your fundraising um it's all been done online for the last fifteen months and now we can go out and see that the players have put in the effort behind closed doors and that there's no slacking for anybody. Absolutely. There was, of course, a full round of fixtures in Division 3 of the Mace Night Leagues as well. And the scorelines there, Esland 211, Clune 217, Bornacula 13 points, Kiltubrid 111. We're going to be talking to Kiltubrid's captain, Mick McCormick, shortly uh, about their performance and their first win of the season. Uh, and finally, Ahavas 12 points, Drumkieran 213. And thankfully, and a new feature we hope to grow on the show this year, is we're going to have a few bit of highlights of that. The goals from that game have been sent into us by Ahavas. Thanks very much to Terry and his team over there in Ahavas for the provision of those. If you or your club want to be featured, we're more than happy for you to reach out to us and have your games included as well. Derek, let's take a look at the goals from that game in Havas on Saturday evening. 
25 minutes, 43 seconds gone here in the first half in this Division 3 league game. It's Dunkirk 5, I have asked 4, 1 between them as we approach half-time. Kevin Ford kick out, goes to about the 40-metre line but it's collected by the number 10 for Dunkirk and that's Jerome Maguire. Down it goes towards the number 9, the number 9 midfield is Aidan Dolan. Inside it goes to number 15, Carl McCauley. Trevor's with him, but McCauley goes in and pulls a tricker. It's in the back of the net. The first goal of the evening scored by Danger Man himself, Carl McCauley for Drumkeerin. Maguire gives it inside again for Drumkeerin. Underneath it is the number 13, James Callaghan. Back out to 10, and that's Jerome Maguire. Side to number 13. Oh, it's a tricker. Some great strikes there, particularly the first one from uh, Colin McCauley. What a finish! Yeah, fantastic. Look, it's great to see anybody taking it directly, going at the goals. And um, Cahill kicked it straight in front of him instead of turning to his right to get on the inside of the boot or cutting across on his left into the players. So it's a skill that we haven't seen. You might see it at uh, inter-county high standard. Um, Cahill shows that he, he he has played inter-county football, so you can see where that was coming from. But when you see um, Jerome Maguire, you want to call it two assists. Like he, he made he made the two scores. So he he's probably one to watch now going forward for Drumkeer. No pressure, Jerome. Uh, in terms of the full round of results over the weekend, there was of course two games played in the reserve league today. One in Division One that was Sean Heston's two six. Mohol won 16, so second win for Mohol for their reserve team today. While in Division 2 of the Reserve League, Alan Gales 115, Glen Carmanagh Hamilton 212, a draw there in Drumshambo. Uh, do you like this new concept where all the first teams are in one set of leagues and all the other teams, second and third and subsequent, are in a separate competition? Does it give a real kind of um, honesty to, to the senior, to the, the proper Division 1, 2 and 3 in your opinion or or would you rather see the stronger second teams in there uh, create better competition? Uh, I suppose we'll have to wait and see, Bethany. You, you want you want, um, you want want players to strive to, to play in your Division 1 or your Reserve 1 or whatever it is and to, to strengthen your first teams uh, um, to improve your players, to improve the standard for going into inter-county football as well, I think it's great. I don't know if we'll see uh, the full extent of it this year. Maybe next year, hopefully, with everything rolling with vaccines, that we'll be we'll be at the point that we're going to have a full competitive league. That'll tell the tale. I know that there'll be some second teams that would be disappointed because they would be strong, but for Leitrim football in general, we need to we need to really bring on and make it a stronger competition at the top because it's the only way that you're going to, we're feeding into a county team at under 20, under 17 upwards, like the under seven teams, when they, when they're finished, they're going into senior football. So we do need to make it stronger, harder hitting. Um, like the, the referees, it, it might be a little bit easier to referee it. We'll, we'll tighten it up because we have, we have to, we have to mimic what happens at inter-county football as much as we can. Because look at at the end of the day, um, if we don't have a county team, fit a good a decent county team pushing on, and players been provided by clubs, because you don't have a county manager doesn't he doesn't create players, the players have to be created and brought to a certain level and fed in for the polishing off. 
So that's really where we need to get, and we need to get as professional as we can for the top eight, ten teams, whatever the case may be. I know Eamon O'Grady listens to the show and watches the show, so he'll be delighted to hear the referee's job is getting easier. And I suppose indirectly you've offered to take on the role. Will you be seeing in black next year, maybe, Derek? That's something you'd be interested in. Oh, yeah. Well, if they're going to give 25 hours a day instead of 24, I'd have no issue whatsoever. Listen, let's catch up with uh, Kiltubrid after their fantastic win at one point over Bornacula. A real humdinger. Both teams had their purple patches. Kiltubrid emerged victorious first day of the season. Here's Mick McCormick's take on proceedings. Kiltubrid captain Michael McCormick, you're very, very welcome to the show. Fresh off first win in the first round game of the season. Uh, you must be happy enough. First of all, welcome to the programme. Thanks, Mina Rafferty. Thanks for having me now, yeah. Yeah, delighted. Yeah, delighted to get back at it again now. And uh, we had a good old battle with uh, Borna Kula there again yesterday. So it's uh, it was we just about got across the line, one point win. But uh, uh, it was uh, it was touch and go there for a good while. Uh, it could have swung either way, but yeah. It seemed to be a strange kind of game because I was keeping an eye on whoever was doing your social media. Uh, I was getting notifications as as they were going, and it was. Contrubber point, contrubber point, contrubber point, contrubber point. And I was like, oh, that's going to be one-sided. And then I put the phone down, came back to Borna Kula with three or four points up. And then I came back at the end of the game and he'd won it. And I was like, that seems to have been the craziest game ever. Was it just different purple patches? Was there a weather involvement? Was there a strong wind? What, what, was, what was the reason for such a kind of a topsy-turvy game? That was really it, Brethany, I suppose, yeah. Um it was really just purple patches between the two teams. Like, Bornacula started very strong, and then we kind of came back into it towards the end of the first half. And then, yeah, they had a good start to the second half again, and we kind of finished strong too. But uh, towards the end, that was very nip and tuck with point for point and that, and it was level a good bit. Then they went point up, then we went point up. But uh, it was a great battle now and a great game. Just great to get back to it in the end. But uh, very enjoyable as well, and a great day for it too. So, yeah, we were delighted to get back. But as we said, we were lucky to get the win there. It uh, could have gone either way now between us. So... Yeah, Michael, I might just ask you just a little bit about, and I, I don't know if we've covered it on, on the programme so far uh, to, to date, um, just from a player's point of view, like uh, I'm, I'm a supporter now for, for, for richer, for poorer, for whatever way you want to put it, you know, in these times. But could you give a little bit about how, how hard it was or unusual it was trying to prepare? We'll, we'll take it from this year. We'll try and put last year as a year that we'll never forget, but we, we don't want to remember sort of thing in ways of trying to get out and play football. But from from doing your own training, um, manager been in, in contact with all the players to the point that you got back out training to play in your first game. Like talk about a roller coaster of emotions, pressures, um, in home life and work life. How was it for yourself or your teammates? Because we, we I don't know if we've touched on the real personal end of getting to the first league game and how every player that has played this weekend and will play how they have actually got back to the point that they're at yeah and i suppose uh, our managers uh, in our in our aspect of it our managers there uh, kieran and adrian they were very good for keeping us going during the lockdown when it was just soul training uh, when we we're just training on our own it's it can get tough to go out and do the five days twice a week and that it's very tough to kind of keep it going when there was no end in sight or anything but uh lads i'd say more than every other club lads are very good for it they were very good for keeping at it and that um it was hard to keep it going but yeah just getting the first training session back brilliant to get back into it and uh, the lads kind of eased us back into it as well there was no mad running or anything like that which is great because you would be concerned 
such a break between I don't know was it last September maybe was their last game until now and uh, I suppose that the managers were very good at easing us kind of into it because there was kind of no hamstring injuries or anything like that so it was kind of a good easing into it and then I suppose yeah it was tough over that long time just to try and keep to keep focus and keep going but uh, the the two the two boys in charge were very good at kind of keeping us going and kind of shuffling up different bits and pieces as well to keep us focused. In terms of that, you touched on the last game in September, that's nine months ago now. Um, was it hard to keep motivated to want to come back? Because people, I suppose, people at your age, they haven't had that period of nine months ever out of the game. And sometimes when you've fallen out for six months to a year, which is effectively what's happened here, you kind of tend to drift away. Has that been a problem in Kiltoburg at all? Yeah, like yeah, I suppose it has been the first while. As when even uh, from when I've been playing the whole football the whole way up from underage, I've always seen it be playing. Like even over the Chris over the winter period when I was involved in school with school football and college football, it's kind of been continuously in my life all the time. So I suppose yeah, it was so strange to have this long break from it, and I suppose you kind of do get involved in other things, or you kind of see a life without football as well, and it's kind of more relaxed lifestyle. But definitely no, I kind of. We haven't had any trouble. Like we've just been really mad to get back to it, and even the social aspect of the of football. Like you'd missed that a lot. Like, and I know I'm living away from home at the moment. I'm living in Dublin, and you kind of only first you kind of lose touch with your friends at home, the people you've kind of grown up with. Like without football, you kind of lose touch with those people. Like you know, I know over that nine month period, there was a couple of lads that I'd be very close with and very friendly with that I wouldn't have seen. Like you wouldn't have got the opportunity to see at all. So I suppose that's one great thing with football it kind of keeps you involved with people that, that you don't lose touch with uh, any of the people that you're friendly with that's a great side to it like so it was great to get back and have the crack with lads at training and just that social aspect of it too like you know it's not just all about the training getting back to games it's that you're going out maybe twice or three times a week and then seeing your seeing the lads having a chat and having a bit of crack as well it's it's a great aspect of it too yeah, Michael, I think I, I'd agree with um, everything that you said there because you would have seen it even people getting back to fitness classes, anything where adults can congregate again and blow off steam. And I think from, from a mental health point of view for everybody in, in the country and especially uh, sports people and athletes that their whole lives were built and your weekends, how you eat, the amount of sleep you get is all built around the performance at the weekend or getting to your best and all of a sudden that disappears and you're left wondering where the identity crisis comes in that you don't know what, what am I supposed to do here, you know, and it's a different sort of motivation. But like give a little bit about um, like the, the first time getting out for the first two or three training sessions with the Kiltubbert lads was uh, what sort of feelings came out with everybody. I don't mean to get really in depth, but the likes of the joy, the, the blowout, the camaraderie, the backup, the support. Like what? What sort? What sort of stuff? Or what? How did you feel getting back into it with that? I suppose the loss of semi-loss of friendships over eight to nine months. To be honest, it was just a great buzz back at the first training session. I can remember it was, I suppose, Eric was the same big numbers out the first day. Like you know, just lads delighted to be out and about and seeing everyone and. Just a great atmosphere and having the crack and all that. You can see, I suppose, that they missed that bit of camaraderie while they were out of it. But uh, 
Yeah, no, just the first tra- few training sessions, great buzz and lad kind of eager to get back to it and get involved. And uh, even the younger fellas try and they were mad eager to get involved and get mixed and in with the senior team because they haven't got a chance to do that yet. Just a few of the fellas being up this year. But uh, yeah, it's just a great atmosphere and great buzz. Just be out. Yeah. Michael, listen, congratulations on a, on a fine start to the season. Um, great victory for Kiltorbord. Nice to start the season like that. And I'm sure we'll be chatting to you between now and the end of the season. Thanks a million for joining us. Now, we're going to stop the podcast for a minute because we want to update you on something that happened away from football over the weekend. And that, of course, was the draw for the Leitrim Supporters Club, the annual prize draw that happens every year for the last 35 years. It's a huge fundraiser for County Leitrim. It's contributed millions to the, the whole Leitrim GA campaign and cause over that period of time. And it's been just run by such amazing people over the years that have done so much behind the scenes to keep Leitrim represented at inter-county level uh, across the country in Gaelic games. Now, the prize draw took place on Saturday evening. It was all streamed live on the Facebook page of Leitrim GA, but very quickly, for those who haven't seen the news so far, here are a list of the winners. The first prize, sponsored by Cox's Steakhouse in Drummond, was won by Imelda Clancy from Drummond Hare, while senior selector Gary Donahue and former 120 manager Gary Donahue uh, took home second prize, €2,000 to Balnamore, and third prize, former county player, former teammate of yours, uh, Derek Pat Farrell over there in Bournecoula, thousand euros sponsored by Westlink coaches in Drum Shambo. Fourth prize was a three nights B and B stay in the Bush Hotel for four and VIP shed distillery tour for Johnny Gill of Leitrim Village. He'll have equidistance to go to both four kilometers or seven kilometers to Carrigan Channel and then back to Drum Shambo for his trip around the shed distillery. Uh, congratulations to Johnny on that one. Fifth, fifth prize, two nights B and B, one evening meal in the Lochrin Hotel in Shannon Blueway and Shannon Blueway activity uh, with Melvin Gales GAA Club. Not the last time we'll hear Melvin Gales on today's uh, prize list. Sixth place prize was a 500 euro voucher for the Landmark Hotel in Carrick and Shannon. That was won by Cahill Quinn of Port Lettre, while Catherine Crow took home seventh prize, and that is two nights B&B in the Titanic Hotel in Belfast with two tickets to the Titanic Visitor Centre. That, for me, will be the highlight of the, the trip, but that's the one I would have wanted if I had my choice. Uh, congratulations to Catherine on that. 500 euro voucher for W8 in Manor Hamilton was Aideen Hayes in Kinlaw. That was eighth prize in the draw. Ninth prize, Brian Fee in Drum Riley. 250 euro voucher for Leitrim Tourism in the Manor Hamilton municipal area, while one in the Balnamore municipal area, also 200 euro voucher for Leitrim Tourism, uh, awarded to Melvin Gales. And Melvin Gales had a triple success they also won 11th prize, 250 euro voucher in the Leitrim Tourism uh, for Carrick and Shannon Municipal Area. Interestingly enough, not their own area. Melvin Gales didn't win in North Leitrim, but they won in the other two sections. And then the final prize of the night, 250 euros cash, won by Frank White in Glen Farn. So uh, fantastic uh, prizes available from all of the sponsors. And there were a couple of other sponsors as well with the county board uh, that should be thanks to Cox's Steakhouse, obviously the main sponsors there, but... Uh, some of the other sponsors, Kevin Quinn, the Embassy Rooms in Sligo, Scan Me Limited, Sheila Brioli Bro- Bro- in Longford, Jerry O'Rourke in Longford, Jerry Murray in Sligo, the Rosebank Retail Park in Carrick and Shannon, and of course, Lochrin Castle Hotel. 
which brings us nicely to win a wedding. Now that the Supporters Club uh, is finished uh, in terms of promotion for this year, uh, win a wedding, the opportunity to win a 15,000 euro wedding, 25,000 euro wedding. I'm undervaluing it. A 25,000 euro wedding for 150 guests in uh, Derek's neck of the woods there in Lochrin uh, with Leitrim GAA and Lochrin Castle Estate and Gardens. Fantastic opportunity. Uh, details on the screen, but you can get your tickets. It is selling out really fast. So if you want to be in that promotion and have that chance of a fantastic day, Gortletra uh, is lovely this time of year, Derek. Uh, although the Mughal ads might argue that it's in Mughal, but you're claiming it's in Gortletra. Oh, yeah, well, look at the ordinal, ordinal survey. It will just, you know, you just have to search the maps. Like, you know, it's been in Gortletra and um, I suppose we, we get confused sometimes with postal addresses and where you actually live. So, uh, no, look at Lachrin is in Gortletra and uh, we're, we're delighted to have it in Gortletra. There's, look at, there's 150 houses around the castle with an array of people that have moved down from Dublin because of fibre, uh, the high-speed broadband it's with the way that it's going we'll hopefully if we can catch them we'll have a championship in the bag in the next five or six years <laughs> but um i would like now to be honest if uh if it was yourself brefney that won the wedding i would offer to organize the stag and that's it <laughs> would the stag have to be in locker in as well because that could be arranged too and uh, there's no there's absolutely no danger of me needing a stag anytime soon derek no more than the standard question we've asked everybody in the show for the last six or seven weeks uh there's no requirement for any weddings here but i'll probably buy a ticket just in case anyway derek uh we move on with the rest of the show now, we spoke to Maeve Quinn earlier in the programme and we talked about that Division 4 final next week. We'd like to be joined by Laura O'Dowd, a key member of the Leitrim team for the last number of years. But Laura, uh, it must be a really nice time to be in a Leitrim squad at the moment. Uh, the mood seems to be fantastic in the camp. Performances have been great. And I suppose from everyone's point of view, the results have matched all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Like we've had a super start to the league. Like we've, we came out, you know, really strong with the first game. We were all, you know, always quite wary of, of loud, like the first round. We knew it was going to be a really tough first game. So once we got the win under our belt there, we kind of just kept pushing on through through the other rounds. So thankfully, we, we ended up top in the, the group, which was great. And then that led us into the semi last week. And again, Limerick put up such a fight. But um, I think, yeah, overall, we were really, really happy, like with our performances and yeah, thankfully now we've we've made the final, which is which is where we wanted to be. And Laura, I might just ask just from the the first game against Loud, and you're playing you're playing them in the final now. Is there is there a lot of learning going on from that first game, or is it basically that you're you're starting off afresh because either Leitrim have had new players coming into the first fifteen, or possibly Loud have had different changes as well. Like where where is it? What was the learning from the loud game? I know it was great to get the win under the belt, which kind of put you in line going forward in the league. But we're getting into a final now. Are loud? Um, they'll be challenging. But are you confident that you've learned enough and the homework in the meantime, with a little bit of time, to to go out and put out the performance that you want? Yeah, well, we're hopeful anyway. Um, like we know it's going to be a completely different game to when we play them in the first round, just like it is with Anathan, whether it's club, county. 
no matter what team you meet in a round versus a semi-final or final, it's going to be completely different from day one. Even when we played Louds to where we are now, like we haven't had the same team. There's constantly changes being made. So that's the exact same with the Loud team. Like there's new players in, new tactics being done. So like it's constantly changing. So again, just because we bet them in the first round, it means absolutely nothing. Um, I suppose having the other round games then have given us the opportunity to try out different tactics, uh, things that didn't work so well for us when we did play loud the first time. So um, I suppose getting the chance to go through all of that, um, it's definitely helped us. And hopefully now, uh, come next weekend, um, it'll stand to us as well. Look back at that first game, Laura. So it's one of the things that when you look back, maybe at the loud goals in that game, and they did, they did score, I think, three goals in that match. Uh, they all came from one player just taking off and cutting through the defence almost as if she was unchallenged at times. Is that something that you've been working on in terms of trying to cut out those chances and maybe not let them build that momentum in a forward attack? Yeah, absolutely. Like That was one of the biggest things we did have to learn from that game. I think we did pretty well in the other round games to prevent that. Um, so definitely a lot of defending, tackling work to try and improve and I suppose stop that momentum and that intensity of them coming through with the ball. And um, like that, we've had to make, you know, do different setups, whether it be taking players up, bringing them back. So we, I think we've worked it well that we should hopefully be able to stop that from happening because it definitely, it gave them an awful big boost, like when that did, when they got them goals in. And it obviously brings us down. So we've worked a lot on that. So hopefully, hopefully we can prevent that from happening uh, next Sunday. Yeah, London probably be looking back on that game and uh, hopefully from Leitrim's point of view that they'll, they'll, they'll think that there's still a weakness there, but that has been worked on that hard over the last number of games and weeks um, to, to stop them because goals in finals are, they're, they're a devastating blow mentally wise, whatever about on the scoreboard, it holds you back. So look, coming into the game, how are, how are all the rest of the, the girls feeling and how is the mood in the camp? in regards to excitement and camaraderie looking forward to the game? Yeah, I think overall we are. We're absolutely buzzing. Like, we are really excited for it, but I suppose we're not letting it, we're not letting it get into our heads too much. You know, we're taking this as another game. We're not going to let it, let it get into our heads. So, um, but absolutely, like, it's so positive. The training sessions and everything have been brilliant. Um, like we're working on all the positives that we've done in games, all the negatives of bringing it all together and really working hard as a team. Um, so yeah, no, absolutely. Um, overall, the vibe, the vibe has been brilliant, and hopefully it will show show come Sunday. Laura, this isn't your first rodeo. You've been involved with Leitrim for a couple of seasons now. Um, in terms of, I suppose one of the issues that the Leitrim ladies have had, I think it's well publicised. We're not talking at its turn here, but. Um, is having maybe people off the field, enough people around at the same time to really make stuff happen. And I suppose a, a good group came into the county board a couple of years ago and the nucleus of them are still floating around, the likes of Aidan here and PJ Ryan. Um, and there's, there's a few more as well. Martina Hackett is, is the treasurer. I know uh, Podge um, Rowley over in Fina is also involved in terms of fixtures and stuff. But there's a really good group, not just one or two individuals, pushing ladies' football at that level, they've done their fundraising, they've done their, they've got their structures a bit better than maybe they've been in over the last decade. And we're now beginning to see the fruits of that. The appointment of Hugh Donnelly has been huge, obviously. What's it like as a player 
both at the club and county level to be in that environment compared to maybe where it was a couple of years ago when people didn't know from week to week what was really going to happen at any given time? Yeah, it's completely changed between a couple of years ago versus now when I first started. It's oh, it's totally different. The support we have is amazing. Like it's so organized, everything, you know, you don't have to be worrying about, oh God, what's going to happen for this training? What's going to happen for this game? Or we covered for this or that. Everything, um, everything is so well ran now. County board have been absolutely brilliant. Aiden, oh my God, he's just been amazing there at every single training. But the amount of support that we're getting is just brilliant. And it makes it so much easier on us. You know, we're not, we don't feel like we have that extra load. They've taken that off us and literally all it is for us is the football. And that's what we're there for. You know, it's what we love. And yeah, they've been absolutely brilliant. And it's been such a transformation over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's fantastic to see, Laura, when you have, I suppose, yourself seeing the the um, the years that the, the stability really wasn't there for some of the younger players coming in. And there was a kind of an unknown as to where it was going. But I have to compliment yourself and everybody that's involved, all the players, management and the people that you see at every game um, on social media or the Observer, wherever. It's it's fantastic to see. And we're looking forward big time to, to seeing it been streamed um, and watching it. And the whole lot of like it, it has brought a new a new lease of life to ladies football, to be honest. For the younger girls, we go over on a Wednesday night for training. The amount of girls that are out now wearing the Leitrim colours and playing compared to what we would have seen a number of years ago, it just goes to show what role models every one of you are to the younger crew. And to be honest, it's not just to the girls, it's to, to, to everybody that plays football and interested in Leitrim. It's fantastic and it gives a bit of a buzz. Put the hair standing on your back of your neck, do you know, to see yeah, good... Yeah, good, honest football and never say die attitude. And you're in a final and with the help of God, we'll be all cheering you on and that you'll you'll produce the goods. Number one, you'll enjoy the game. Number two, you'll do you'll play to your potential. And number three, it'll be good enough to win. Yeah, that's the plan anyway. So hopefully, um hopefully we can do the county proud. Now, Laura, little birdie tells me that you may have had a little uh, training session somewhere outside of the county today. A uh, little bit of a reconnaissance maybe to, to Clovis ahead of next week's game? Yeah, again, I mean, I think I think it's always good. You know, there's a lot of a lot of the younger ones, especially that have been just on the team recently that would never have played a sport on the pitch before or know anything about the pitch. So I think it's good just to have even just to look around the pitch just to see, because obviously it's a very wide pitch, you know. So it was good, I think, just for the players, just to get a feel for the pitch. You know, it's not going to be the win and the losing of the game. It's just a matter, you know, just to become familiar, become familiar with the pitch and um, obviously just kind of prepare us a little bit for next weekend so we know exactly what we're doing when we arrive, um, where we're going to be playing and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I don't think it was, it's, you know, anything major that's going to be, winning or losing or anything like that. But I think it's just good good for us um, just, to, just to have an idea of what's, what's ahead. It does speak to the attention to detail, though, that, that you and the team around you have brought to the, the setup this year. And that was evident. I was at one of your training sessions to take a few pictures uh, a week or so ago. And uh, to have every single girl wearing matching gear 
it just looked professional. It looked like something yeah. you, you want to be part of. And I think that's a, a huge, um, I suppose, thing. In terms of the actual team next week, I suppose, uh, ordinarily over the last few years, it would be a given that you'd be in the start of 15. But the strength and depth is, is so much at the moment that no player seems to be safe from uh, the, what's the curly finger where it could be said, you're not in the 15 this week. Uh, there really is a serious competition for players or for places in the team at the moment. Any ideas yourself on whether you'll feature on Sunday? We'd expect so, but at the same time, you never quite know what he was thinking. Yeah, you have absolutely no idea. I think that's what's brilliant about it is nobody has an idea at all. And that's what pushes us through every session because every session is so intense because everybody wants that starting place. There's over 30 of us on the squad there and only 15 are getting that starting place. So honestly, from the first game to now, the team has been different every week. So we honestly, you have absolutely no idea. You just have to keep pushing yourself, trying to do the best you can at training. Um, so I could not even tell you who is going to be starting this weekend. It literally could be anyone. Um, obviously, the Manor Hamiltons were absolutely brilliant at the weekend and they really showed what they can do. It could be it could literally be any person from any club. You know, that's what's brilliant about the about the county team is the standard is so high, which is which is brilliant. So, um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see come Sunday. Absolutely. And hopefully those girls in Manor Hamilton will bring that little bit of a, a ride, the momentum right through to, to Sunday. The very best luck to you and to your teammates in Clonus on Sunday. All the details, of course, will be available on uh, both Leitrim GA and Leitrim LGFA's social media during the week where they can stream the game. I believe there are tickets available, but realistically, I think players are going to get first dibs on those for family members. So um, even though there's 200 people at, game, at the game, it's unlikely that people outside of the, the group will have access to tickets. So if you do get your hands on one uh, from around the county, do go, do support the girls, do wear your county colours and, and scream them on, and hopefully we'll be celebrating a, a Division 4 title on Sunday. Laura, best luck on Sunday, and thanks very much for joining us. Thanks a million, Bethany. Thanks, Eric. Bye-bye. And the very best of luck to Leitrim ladies at the weekend. It will be great to see a title come back to lovely Leitrim uh, early in 2021. Uh, and we'll, all shall be revealed at the weekend. Of course, as we mentioned, all of the streaming details will be available um, on uh, the various social media outlets during the week. We'll share them here as well. But Leitrim GA, Leitrim LGFA on Twitter are probably the two best places to get all that information later in the week. Before I let you go, Derek, we better take a look at next weekend's club fixtures and, of course, four rounds of games across all divisions of the Masonite Football League. We start in Division 1 and some mouth-watering clashes there. Mohul host Glencar Manor Hamilton, Ahawillan and Anadoff do battle over in Ahawillan, while Melvin Gales make the journey down to Leitrim Village to face Leitrim Gales and St Mary's Kiltahard will play Balnamore, Sean O'Heslins. All those games thrown in at 7pm. Uh, the first name team obviously at home in those games. In Division 2, Fina and Drum Riley do battle while Drum Hare host Ochna Sheelan, Carrie Gallen and Balna Glera will do battle down on the Cavan border while Gortletra make the journey to Drumshambo to play Alan Gales. And in Division 3, we'll see Glenfire and Kilty Clutter make the journey the whole length of the county nearly to face Cloon. Bornacula and Ahavas will do battle while Kiltogrid and Eslin complete the round of fixtures. There are also a full set of fixtures in Division 1, 2 and 3 of the Masonite Reserve Football League. Uh, very quickly, Manor Hamilton and Melvin Gales, St Mary's versus Fina, Drumkirin versus Carrigallon in Division 1. 
while in Division 2, Kiltubbert versus Anna Duff, Sean Hessens versus Alan Gales, and Glencar Manor versus Aho Willen. Gortletra and Balneglera in Division 3, Drumahair, Ahavas, also in Division 3, Kiltubbert, uh, so Mary's Kiltubbert versus Bordakula, and Alan Gales versus Muhl uh, to complete the Division 3 fixtures there. And as we said at the top of the show, um, the football league, the Masonite Football League, has just first teams in it. Three divisions, eight teams, eight teams, and seven. They are there's no second teams in there. All of the second and third and subsequent teams in the reserve league remains to be seen how it works. I personally think it's a very positive thing. We talked about it earlier, Derek, in terms of first teams playing first teams and reserves getting the opportunity to maybe try things in that don't affect other first teams on a competitive basis as well so um yeah good good opportunity to see how that works no promotion no relegation uh, and not even quite the full round of fixtures against every opponent but nonetheless uh, an opportunity for teams to get back out play a bit of football and see what they have ahead of the championship you're out yourselves uh looking forward to maybe getting that game in next week you travel to to them shamble that'll be a tough task it will yeah Brefton. but look at your any game that that you go out um when you're when you're up when you're up at that level are going to be tough to be honest with you and to get from Shambo um at this stage is a good one for Gartletra because it'll bring us on that little bit further i don't know if from Shambo have many uh, players involved at inter county level so they should be strong enough and that's what Gartletra need to to build on for the next four or five weeks they need a strong game they need to be playing to, against teams that play different types of football because uh, you don't know what that you're going to meet in the in the next number of weeks, um, I suppose. And we, uh, I don't know if we'll discuss it now. Uh, got we're like the aim is at the intermediate final from last year, like that. That's the one that sets you up going into the championship. Basically, whatever championship you're playing, it's going to be you want to be playing your best football. So the rustiness has to be got out of the system. It's you don't have that long of a lead in time, but everybody's in the same boat. So there's nobody that has any other advantage apart from the effort levels or the injury list that 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 seems to mount for some teams at this time of the year. Absolutely. Well, listen, all should be revealed at the weekend in terms of how those games will play out. Of course, you can get all your live results as they happen, usually on Leitrim GA's Twitter, but also on leitrimga.ie. And don't forget, of course, this show has been brought to you in association with Leitrim GA and in particular their win a wedding promotion it's an event uh, that of course uh, people have been hearing about for quite some time now it is a chance to win a 25,000 euro value wedding uh, valid until January 2025 courtesy of Leitrim GA and Lochrane Castle Estate and Gardens all the details including tickets uh, for that potential prize of 150 guests in Lochrane Castle Estate and Gardens on winawedding.ie well worth checking out and i'm sure uh, hopefully somebody will get to enjoy a fabulous day out with all their friends loved ones and uh, neighbors and whoever else they've met at some random party 20 years ago but it's a chance to get out and have a day out uh, for a very special occasion courtesy of leitrim ga and winawedding.ie uh, with as i said lock rain house and gardens uh derek that's it for this week i know football is back it's great to be chatting about games happening games next weekend rather than what will happen down the line or what might happen down the line uh, all's gone well so far there's a couple of people at the games i was at over the weekend probably about between 50 and 100 supporters but it was just that nice kind of feel to be back out at games people around mixing socializing most people vaccinated at this stage 
or at least uh, one of the of the vaccines uh, administered. Um, and back play football. Why wouldn't you be happy at the moment? Yeah, look at it. It is it is brilliant. It gives a bit of hope. Um, meeting people. All that sort of stuff. Now we'd be we'd be hoping over the next number of months. And for for example, the the Leitrim Supporters Club draw that was done online, it just goes to show where there would have been a great over in Coxes. There would have been a fantastic crowd over there, the great banter going on, and still you had well over a hundred people that were tuned in to watch the draw. And I just like to say congratulations to everybody. It was a well-run outfit, um, a successful supporters club draw. And to all the winners, I hope they enjoy it. And whoever's coming down to stay beside us in Lochrin, they'll definitely look after you. And if I win the wedding, I'll have a party. And it'll be them people that you're talking about that I met at a party 25 years ago. <laughs> that, that would be an interesting guest list. That's all I'm yeah. going to say on that one. Because I remember you 25 years ago, Derek, and that, you kept interesting company. Anyway, on that note, thank you very much for joining in to us this week. Thank you to Derek for joining us. To all of our guests, to Michael McCormick, Laura O'Dowd, also Maeve Quinn earlier on in the show, and to Terry and his team over in Ahavas Gaelic Football Club, uh, in terms of or GA Club, uh, in terms of uh, providing the highlights. We'd love to help you and your club promote your games as well. So if you have been videoing your games and are planning on videoing your games, do let us know. We'd love to have your footage included in future editions of this podcast. We'll be back next week and we will talk to you very shortly.